Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Inventus Partners, the top full-service turnkey product development and crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped startups raise over $100 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Backerkit and The Gadget Flow. Backerkit makes software that crowdfunding project creators use to survey backers, organize data, and manage orders for fulfillment by automating your operations and helping you print and ship faster. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today we are live at the Inventors Digest headquarter with Editor-in-Chief Reed Krieger. Reed, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So Inventors Digest fosters the spirit and practice of innovation. Inventors, Inventors Digest is committed to educate and inspire independent and professional innovators. So Inventors Digest magazine is now in its 32nd year. Congratulations. Can you give me a little bit of background about yourself and how you became involved with inventing? Well, you know, you could say arguably that I'm a newbie. I am not an inventor. I have no patents, but I sure have learned a lot about patents and IP in the almost two years since I was uh, brought on as editor-in-chief. I've actually done, it's just been a great education under fire. Um, We have a lot of great subject matter, matter experts in the magazine from whom I've learned a lot. I've gone to a lot of public events where I've gotten a lot of information. I do a lot of research. um, And as an editor, I have to verify the accuracy of what's being written. So that teaches me a lot too. I'm just thrilled with uh, the the adventure of the whole process. Although I don't have a big uh, inventor's background. Um, Most of my background is in uh, news and sports writing and editing at uh, major publications, including the Sporting News, the Detroit Free Press. I was a beat writer for the 1984 World Series champion Detroit Tigers. Uh, I've covered a World Series, the Super Bowl, two All-Star Games, and I've been a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize. So I've pretty much done everything but inventing. And a, a little footnote here that I can bore our audience with a little bit. Uh, I recently found out that in 1962, my dad was part of a team that secured a patent for a sterile surgical drape and method for the company he was working for out of Dayton, Ohio. Interesting. So what, what, what would you say sparked your interest in inventing and innovation? My sense of adventure. I'm one of those weird people, you know, I'm an older person. I'm not going to give away my age, but as I get older, I get more adventuresome. I get more curious. Um, I have more energy than I've ever had before. And because I knew very little about inventing an IP, I wanted to dive in and see what I could make of the whole thing. Um, and one of the things that sparked my interest in inventing and, and invention is if you think about inventing, it's really all about being first. It's about being the one who said, I came up with this. You know, we remember as kids, you know, I came up with this idea. I came up with this joke. I, I did this before uh, Billy did. And 
whether it's being a record holder in sports where you're the first to do something or you're the first to climb Mount Everest, we're obsessed with being first. Indeed. And that's what inventing is all about is I came up with this. This is mine. I own it. And for some people, that even supersedes the profit motive. Yep. It's an ego thing. Yep. So with those that have the curious mind and, you know, have an idea for an invention or a product, where do you recommend they begin? Oh, my gosh. That's a tough one. I guess off the top of my head, the first thing I would say would be do a patent search. I mean, I would think that you would want to know that your idea is original um, and that nobody else has thought of it. We all think that we're brilliant, or not all of us, but some of us think we're brilliant enough that nobody could have thought of that. And a lot of times, well, 99% of the time, we end up being surprised. So everything I've read and all of the experts, the subject matter experts in Inventor's Digest that I have read and talked with say... They encourage you to do your own patent search, but it's not a good idea to assume that if you find no prior art that you're all set. It's highly recommended to have a patent attorney perform a patent search for your own peace of mind and and maybe to avoid some costly preventative and uh, expenses down the line. Yeah. I mean, in talking about the, the importance of protecting your intellectual property, what do crowdfunders or inventors need to know? What, what steps should they take to start when they look to create a new product? I think first thing you have to do is you have to ask yourself some really honest questions. Does my invention fill a function or provide a service that's important to people that they give a darn about? Is it? Don't just ask friends and family because they're always going to tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. Consult people whose opinions and confidence you can trust. A big one, a recurring theme that I hear from people who I've interviewed for the magazine is knockoffs. You need to ask yourself, what are the chances of my product being copied or knocked off by larger companies with greater resources than mine? And if they do that, am I prepared to spend the money to do something about it or or at least to find a remedy for it? Another key is the expense. <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons that I have never seriously entertained the notion of doing my own invention is it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Attorney fees range anywhere from five to 15 K there are patent renewal fees. You also need to decide whether you want to, uh, incur the large expense of marketing the product by yourself or license it out to somebody else. And they're going to want their money. One thing a lot of people don't realize is you don't have to file a patent to bring product to mark to market. But if you do end up going with a licensing deal, that party is almost certainly going to want the protection of a patent. Certainly. So we know that there are many ways to monetize an invention. I know you've talked about this earlier, but how should inventors decide between licensing a product, selling it themselves, partnering with angels or VCs, or launching it through a crowdfunding campaign? kind of depends on the person and what their priorities are. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm carrying the crowdfunding banner, but I mean, if you look at the options that you have with crowdfunding, you know, and and by the way, crowdfunding is not 100% successful. It's just like everything else. It doesn't succeed every single time. But not only does it help you monetize the invention without a lot of money up front, it provides an early indication of how the public is responding to your idea. You're getting instant feedback in real time and If the crowdfunding campaign doesn't reach your goal, it can help the investor decide very early whether to continue. And you can save yourself a lot of money by getting an early indication from that kind of public feedback where you're going with this. 
in the magazine, in Inventors Digest, we've done a lot of stories on angel investors, and it's often a good option. But, you know, I kind of smirk when I hear the term angel investor because it's not just about somebody tapping you on the shoulder and saying, I want to give you money. Right. They want something out of this too. They want a stake in what you're doing. So you're not getting free money. So a big part of that is both sides need to be clear about what each side receives in the deal and what happens if the startup, let's say it proves unsustainable or has problems. I guess you could say that even with the angel investor, especially with an angel investor, that the devil is in the details. Indeed, indeed. So let's talk a little bit more about crowdfunding. What kind of opportunities do you see inventors to use platforms like Kickstarter and Indiegogo to launch their product? I think they're limitless. Um, I, I think history has already proven this. Obviously, as far as I understand it, the best, the most common platform is for promoting and, and raising money for products in the hopes of, you know, um, bringing it to market down the line. But, you know, you can crowdfund just about anything. Just because the term crowdfunding only has been around since I think about 2006 doesn't mean we haven't been doing crowdfunding for a long time. Hundreds and hundreds of years ago, books were being crowdfunded. Mm -hmm. The foundation for the Statue of Liberty in the 1850s was crowdfunded. So there's all kinds of ways you can do it for um, My favorite crowdfunding endeavor ever really had nothing to do with the project. And you actually told me about it. It was five, six years ago, this poor woman uh, who was a bus monitor. Karen. Karen was these middle school brats were just teasing the, the heck out of her and in a really mean way. This, yep. this was serious stuff. And a woman on a fixed income just trying to get by and, and get to her retirement. And they made life hell for her. So this guy finds out about it and he starts a crowdfunding campaign and picks up steam on social media. And, and his goal, I think, was was it for $5,000? Yep. $5,000 to give this poor woman a vacation from these brats. And so, he, you know, it, it goes up. And long story short, uh, $700,000 later, not only does she get her vacation, but she can retire. Yeah. This is just one snippet of what crowdfunding can do. And it, it's an example of why there are tens of billions of dollars in this every year. It, crowdfunding used to be something that was kind of looked down on by major corporations. And now it's a mainstream part of our economy and it's not going away. Absolutely. So how have you seen the rise of crowdfunding change the inventing industry, if at all? This is kind of an abstract notion on this. It's kind of a pie in the sky, but I believe crowdfunding's most important function has been opening our eyes to possibilities. And if you sit down with any inventor, most of them, I, I hate to use the cliche word dreamers, but a lot of them, they're dreamers. They're not necessarily business savvy. They're not necessarily entrepreneurs. Now, if you have that great meshing of entrepreneur and inventor, that's great, but it doesn't happen all the time. So, what crowdfunding does is it takes that question of how do I raise the money to bankroll this invention, which has long been a huge roadblock for inventors, and in a lot of ways, it, it solves it. it. It doesn't eliminate it completely but because there's no guarantees of success, but what it does is it provides the kind of hope that helps inventors think that they have one less hurdle to worry about. Right. Once you do that, 
once they've got that, they're armed with that kind of hope, I think that that gives them the kind of momentum that makes their whole project stronger. I agree. So what would be the biggest lesson that you've learned, you know, over the years of doing all these interviews with other inventors that you'd like to pass on to inventors listening to this podcast? It's not for wimps. It's something you have to devote a lot of time to. I was surprised to learn very early on in my incarnation as editor that Mark Twain, of all people, was an inventor. He had, uh, I think he had three patents, including one for a bra strap. And he ended up going bankrupt at one point. He was 59 years old and he was bankrupt. Mark Twain, Samuel Clemens, one of the most famous people in our country. And, and it was because he had the bug and he couldn't stop. And he was a, obviously an extremely intelligent man, but it's, it's hard work. There's going to be setbacks. There's going to be unexpected expenses, some of them that are going to be really large. You're going to have your critics. There's going to be jealous friends and relatives saying, I, I knew he couldn't do it. And if you're good, there will be people trying to knock you off. So the bottom line is you need a huge level of commitment. If you want to bring a successful invention to, to market, the chances are you're not going to get the job done if you expect this to be a side project. It has to command a huge amount of your time, effort, and thought. I run a magazine that for me is a seven-day-a-week job. And that's a day at the beach compared to what kind of time I think I would need to put in if I wanted to be an inventor. Sure. So what advice, if you were to give one piece of advice, would you give to an inventor just getting started? Education. Education is your friend. Do not be arrogant. Do, do not pass go. No, I mean, do not take shortcuts when it comes to being informed. Listen to everybody, but do it objectively. There's... That's one of the great things that's more conducive about that, to being an, uh, involved in innovation and being an inventor now is that, you know, you don't have to get in the car and go to the library now. You've got all these resources right at your fingertips. Indeed. Use them. The center of the universe is one click away. Yes, absolutely. All right, Reed, this is going to get us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. You good to go? I guess, yeah. So what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? I'm really not... An entrepreneur per se, I, I guess in, in my capacity here, you could call me an entrepreneur, um, but I just love the, the process. I'm, I'm fascinated by the mindset that makes a great entrepreneur. Probably my most famous story in the almost two years that I've been the editor of Inventor's Digest was a story I did about a guy who spent most of his professional life out of California named Earl Madman Muntz. He was uh, mostly a marketer salesman, but he was the inventor of the American luxury car, the months in the mid-50s. TVs, he had a line of TVs. He, he wasn't the first inventor of TVs. And he also invented car stereo equipment and tapes. The interesting th thing about Mr. Muntz was he made a fortune in all three of those businesses, and he lost all three of the fortunes because he didn't have the right people around him. And... Well, he was kind of flighty. He was, this is another reason that he, this is the kind of guy I'd like to sit down and have a beer with if I could. He was married seven times. He was buddies with all kinds of stars from Sinatra to Dick Clark to Phyllis Diller. When I did the story on him in Inventors Digest, as far as I know, I was the first person to ever interview both of his grown kids. He died many years ago. To me, he just is the epitome of the entrepreneurial spirit where it's like, 
okay, I tried this and it was a colossal flop after being a huge success. Instead of being let down, what does he do? He starts another business. It happens again. Instead of being let down, what does he do? He does it again. You know, when you've got that kind of energy in your blood, you're just a lot more um, liable to succeed. So if you could have a beer with any inventor throughout history, who would it be? Well, it'd probably be him, or maybe it would be... I'm drawn to crazy inventors slash marketers. I would like to interview the guy who invented the clapper, or the guy who invented the device I've fallen and I can't get up, (laughs) or the talking bass. Um, (laughs) You know, my interests kind of tend to range, gravitate toward the absurd. I know inventing is serious business. But I'm also very drawn to people who can have fun with it. And we all want to have fun. And for a lot of marketers, they're smart enough to realize that having fun is a good way to get your attention. Sure. So what's your personal favorite invention over the last hundred years? I'm not old enough quite yet for the I've fallen and I can't get off. So it'd probably be the, it's not a really original answer, but probably be the personal computer Yep. because, and this is very selfish, it enables me to work from home. Yeah. And after, you know, 40 years in the workplace, I just, I'm not, I'm not doing the rush hour thing anymore. Sure. So, you know, if I can't sleep and I want to get up at three o'clock in the morning and, and write or edit a story or research something, I can do it. That's magic. Yep. Are there any books you'd recommend to our listeners? I don't really have time to do a lot of reading. I spend a lot of time researching this and this, this and that. If you watched me on my personal computer, you'd be amazed at how many different sites I'm flying to and flying in and out of. And I'm sure this is not novel for a lot of people. You know, you're, you're looking up one thing and then you, a half hour later, an hour later, you're still on that page because you find out some cool stuff mm-hmm. that you hadn't thought of before. But I've got too much energy to sit still and read a book. My dad told me, he said, when you turn 40, which was a long time ago, he said, when you turn 40, just watch. You're going to you're going to uh, do a lot more reading and you're going to play golf. Well, I still don't read and I still don't play golf. Hmm. Last question on the launch round. What does the future of crowdfunding look like? I think it's just going to be a lot more of the same, which is the ex- extension of some of the more recent trends that have gained steam, like, uh, well, first of all, I think we're going to see, we're already seeing major corporations are being a lot less resistant to crowdfunding. I think we're going to see more equity crowdfunding because people are going to want their stake in it. They realize there's some big money in this. Yep. And when this kind of thing happens, backers become investors and then the possibilities are endless. I, I think by and large, as the process gains more acceptance and is further refined, I think it could cause a massive transformation in our economy if it hasn't already. Reed, this has been great. Please give our audience your pitch. Tell them what you're all about, where they should go, and why they should check you out. Oh, of course you got to check us out. Mainly just out of loyalty to the process and all of the, uh, the spirit and the energy from inventors. We've been the resource on inventing. We started in 1985. You know, that's, you're talking about a time when... The hit movie that year was Back to the Future. Reagan was still president. I mean, we're talking about ancient civilization in a lot of ways. So we're largely devoted to the independent and small inventor. 
from our inspirational success stories, which I insist that we have every month because we need to inspire and motivate people, to the advice that we provide from seasoned uh, industry professionals, to the latest news from the courts, because you got to know, you know what's going on that's, that might go down the line to affect you. And we also want to entertain people with offbeat features. We have a back page feature every month with potpourri and a quiz and a weird invention of the month. And we also, can't forget this, we have a vastly improved website, inventorsdigest.com. That's inventorsdigest.com. That's full of fun, diverse content and important resources for the inventor. So one of the things that I've tried to do since coming on is provide resources and information and entertainment, not just for the inventor, but for the average person. I can confidently say that when you pick up our magazine or you look at the website, if you have no interest in inventing at all, there's going to be, still be something in there that you're going to want to read. Absolutely. Well, audience, thank you again for tuning in. Reed, thank you for being live with me at Art of the Kickstart headquarters with you. For you guys, we'll have a full transcript, links to everything we talked about today. And we're doing a special discount of 15% off a subscription to Inventors Digest. Just visit inventorsdigest.com and use the coupon code AOTK. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Backer Kit. Reed, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks. Had a great time. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. And of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week.